somebody's got to be accountable. And the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole damn stable full of guys that go 98 miles an hour, period. Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and with me today is, once again, my good friend and associate and fantastic Mr. The Sports Blitz one on Twitter, Brandon Noe. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Mark, we're sports fans in Tampa Bay. How do you think? This is great. This is absolutely crazy insane here, man. I don't know if, ever, if it's ever going to get any better than this. I don't know. It'd be nice if it did, but it can't I, right now. I, I loved it watching, you know, the... Uh, the lightning celebrating the other day, and at least a couple of guys were wearing rays, were wearing rays uniforms. So it was amazing. Here, are the here are these guys, you know, they're celebrating, winning the Stanley Cup, and they're supporting another team, another local team, while they're doing that. So I was, I was impressed by that as well. Yeah, it's all part of Team Tampa Bay. Everybody roots for each other here, and when they celebrate, they celebrate hard. All right, and this is a very special edition of Baseball Biz. It's raise up number two. We did one before the wild card, and we're going to do this one right now, just after the wild card, and talk a little bit about what's happening with Tampa Bay and with the Rays and the other teams we're going to be facing here shortly. And if we take a peek, say, well, you know, what got us here? We're looking at the Tampa Bay Rays in this season, 40 wins, 20 losses, and a 60-game season. Some people are going to put out a hue and cry about, oh, it's a 60-game season. This season deserves an asterisk. It doesn't. These are players. They're playing hard. They've had a lot of challenges. You know, there's been some things unique, maybe a few more people that are injured, and maybe a few different things that had to happen on a team where you had to be flexible. Maybe that sort of thing that lends itself to a Kevin Cash type of philosophy. Yeah, I don't really buy into that asterisk stuff. I mean, pretty much the whole year is going to be an asterisk. It's the time to... Try stuff new, you know. So we use the excuse 20 times. If it works, great. If it doesn't, hey, 2020. I was trying to say, okay, we know what we got here. I think everybody who has, who's on here with us has a good idea of this special bracket season and what we had to do to get past that first hurdle, which was getting the best of three games against the Blue Jays. And, you know, they were third in the American League in the East, excuse me, East Division. And only that, they would have been second except one game difference between them and the Yankees. Yeah, the Blue Jays are, are really, well, everybody really expect them to be a good team. But with the expanded playoffs, they really gave them a chance to shine. And it showed that they actually do have a very bright future going forward. I think so, too. They're very young. I mean, you look at Vlad Jr., you look at Bo Bichette, you know, uh, you look at Lourdes, uh, Gary L. All of these guys are fantastic, and much more than I'm, I'm thinking of at the moment. The Jays won 32 games this year. They lost 28. Their average was uh, 53-3. And let's see, the Yankees were 550, and the Rays were 667. So to kind of give you an idea of what that looked like, if you take a look at the season of the Rays with the Jays, and we played in, let's see, three different, three different series. First series, we took one loss had two wins. The second series, we took one loss and had two wins. And the last of the series, we took two losses and had two wins. So they gave us six wins and four losses. That gives you an idea of how strong that team is. I mean, it wouldn't take much to turn that into having to split the entire year with them, but we get just a little bit of an edge with six wins and four losses in the regular season. 
Yeah, and in those games, you never really felt like the Rays were hands down, far and away the better team. The Blue Jays put up one heck of a fight, and like I said, they're going to be a good team going forward. And this really felt like it was one of those years where they really, where they really learned how to play big time baseball. Yeah, and a lot of some of these things. I mean, I mean, I see players out there on any team that sometimes feel a little bad for. Obashed had a couple of times where he just kind of bobbled the ball a little bit, and man, that can make a difference in a game. I mean, I think he's a he's a pretty good player. He's gonna be he's gonna be a great player someday, but he's still gonna have a lot of things he needs to fine tune. Yeah, and you know maybe it was just the postseason, the big expectations going with that that got to them, and they just couldn't overcome it. But it shows that even little things like little errors, just the bobble of the ball, can snowball in a hurry. And we saw that in game two. No doubt. I mean, in game one we saw Matt Shoemaker and Robbie Ray pitching for the for the Jays. By the way, I love that name, Robbie Ray. We had Blake Snell and Diego Castillo, Nick Anderson, Peter Fairbanks. They were pitching. I mean, that's that is. You're not going to beat having Blake Snell, Diego, Nick Anderson, and Pete Fairbanks. That is just huge. We are so deep. What we can do with pitchers with Tampa Bay is it's great. Also in game one, one of the great things we saw was G-Man Choi making an appearance again. He's been out for a while, so I was glad to see G-Man come back. So we won that one three to one. And again, these games both are being played at the trial. And we're looking at, let's see, game two, we had to face you know, Jay's the uh, the pitcher Ryu, Ryu, and I thought, well, my gosh, this guy, he's he's stellar. It's going to be a challenge, and man, he took it. He took a deep dive fast. He only played one point two innings, eight hits, three earned runs, one walk. He did have three strikeouts, but that's crazy. And the Jays had to go to another five pitchers to finish out the rest of the game. I mean, that is tough. It's not a Unbelievable that there was another five pitchers in some games, but to think that their lead pitcher, Jay, uh, that the Ryu was only going to be able to play for 1.2 innings, it's like, wow. Yeah, I was expecting game two to be like a real pitcher's duel again because Snell put out a Cy Young performance in game one, or Ian Snell, whatever his name was, Blake, Ian, I'm not sure. Whoever it was, it was Cy Young caliber. And then... Going with Ryu and Glass now going game two, I thought it would be a low-scoring game again, but they jumped on Ryu early and ended up pushing him out of the game after, what, two innings, if that? Oh, yeah, it was the second inning. I think that's when just about everything happened. And part of that, you know, like I said, Glass now did a great job for six innings, but Renfro, Renfro, who we got from the Padres, and quite honestly, I had a little difficulty accepting him coming. I mean, because we were looking at other people we had traded with the Padres and like fam and like what I had high expectations early on the season from Renfro. I really expect to see him hitting home runs early on. Wasn't happening. Wasn't happening. But in game two, man, he, he'd gone from like what a one fifty six in the regular season. And he came up and wound up getting what the first grand slam in the second inning. And that's the first postseason grand slam that the Rays have had ever, ever. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. I wasn't really a big fan of, of them trading away fam. I thought he was one of the big key pieces of last year, both on and off the field. And Renfro has been a bit disappointing this year, even though he did put up power numbers and homers and RBIs. His average wasn't good at 150. But, I mean, timing has been perfect for him. He's 
hitting 200 right now, but he has those four RBIs coming on off of a grand slam. All you need is one swing a game that'll contribute big time, and he did that. He most certainly did. So I was really glad to see that. You know, he's he's put some excitement back in the game right now. So we've got the wild card, and looking at what's happening out there in the rest of the crazy world, as far as the teams and where we're at, wild card series aren't done yet. I thought they would be by now, but uh, that's not the case. No, they're still going and. All I got to say is thank God I didn't put my bracket out there because it would have made me look like a fool, like I know nothing about baseball, especially the NL side, especially oh. the NL side. Oh, well, you would have had the Dodgers moving up. Yeah, that's kind of like, kind of like a guinea pig. <laughs> and, and San Diego, I would have picked just because of love of fam and a lot of other guys that we know from the Rays who were on that team. And Marlins and Cubbies, I would probably, you know, that's not done yet. I'm, I would have picked the Marlins. They've got one more game to play today. I'll see how that plays out. And let's see. The Reds and the Braves. Hmm. hmm. I wouldn't know. Who would you you picked on that before? Who would you have picked? Uh, well, I'm, let's just say I'm a believer in defense wins championships. I went with the Reds and their, thought their pitching staff was just better. The only problem is they couldn't score any runs. How many was like seven innings or something? And uh, maybe it's seven two thirds. That uh, Trevor Bauer pitched for the Reds and had like thirteen strikeouts. I believe it was something like that. It may have been twelve, but it was insane the number that he did. Anybody who ever wants to question Trevor Bauer and his bit, being a bit cocky, he, he earns some of that from the, from the performance he does. Yeah, and we've said it before. If you don't like it, be better and put up runs on him, and that's all you got to do. And if you're cocky, at least back it up, and he he does more than that. And if you don't like it, be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's come back to the Rays. We said that, that'll be our folks today, and I tend to vary off here and there, so bring me back. And now we're looking at five games with the Yankees in San Diego. And let's take a little deep dive here, at least somewhat. So we know that the Rays have won 40 and lost 20 in the regular season. We know that they've won two out of three with the Jays in the wild card. And we also know that we're going to be facing the Yankees again. I don't lose a lot of sleep over this. I thought it was funny that I saw that Aaron Boone was joking somewhere about being the underdog. You know, I, I don't think about underdogs or anything else because once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. We've been fortunate because we've had, what, eight wins and two losses to the Yankees during the regular season. So let's see, we swept one series. And one series that we swept was three games. And that was at Yankee Stadium. Uh, the first group of games had four games here. We lost one. And the last three games we had there, and we lost one. So even in Yankee Stadium, we won five out of six. And the best part, the really weird, really weird part to me is, I believe it was the first series we was the only time we really played the Yankees when they were fully healthy. And that's when they got the sweep. So... This is like the ultimate beliefs clash of does defense win or does offense win? Because the Rays have one of the, arguably the best pitching staff in the majors and the Yankees have arguably the best offense in the majors. So someone's got a break. Well, you know, the Yankees want this bad. I mean, they, they have not been able to stand the embarrassment of this year. Uh, I mean, it bothered them enough. Whereas Aradis Chapman was throwing it at our, at our players and, you know, got worse in the ninth inning where he actually tried to hit Russell out there straight in the head, man. He just, that was crazy nuts. 
So, you know, look at who we're going to be facing. I'm, I'm guessing probably the first two games, what, maybe Garrett, Co and uh, Tanaka. You know, Tanaka is one of the guys who hit Joey Wendell there. So it's just like, I hope they can get that attitude out of the game. I mean, I think the Rays are ready to play without anything of it. You know, even though Kevin kind of, <laughs> Kevin, Mr. Cash poked back a little bit and we'll play him at the end too as well. I don't know. I think they're hungry. I think they want this bad, but I just don't know that they're going to be able to beat the race and we'll see how it's going to come down. What do you think? We well, think we'll start with Charlie on the mound in the first game. I believe they could, but the only thing is because he didn't, they didn't go three games in the wild card round. Maybe they're thinking that might be too long of a rest and they'll want to go with Snell or glass now game one. Yeah. I was wondering about that too. Cause I heard somebody say that they might do a sim game with Charlie to, just to keep his arm ready, if you will. But I, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out too. So I'm excited about that. We'll see how that goes. What else in preparation for this game you got, man? What other notes, thoughts? Well, going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, the sort of the beanball war that was going on during the regular season, I looked, it seems like kind of both teams want to move on from it. And I don't blame them because, you know, you want to see the best team go out there and win. And if you're going out there intentionally hitting guys, why do you want to put somebody on base, especially when basically your season is on the line every game? And that seems like what both teams want to do is just, hey, it's the regular season. We want to move on from it. We just want to go out there and beat them and get the ultimate revenge. Exactly. So they, to set that little distraction, if you will, off to the side, I think that's what needs to be done. As fans, we may not be doing that so much, but as players, they know they have to. And, you know, we're, we're looking at – I want to take a look, at too, at some of the new guys we brought in here to make a difference. We were talking about Hunter Renfro earlier, and then Manuel Margot. Oh, my gosh. That man has done so much with his team, too, to see him come in and make some big plays, make a big difference. He was also from the Padres, and he he, he uh, suffered a, a personal tragedy, I know, and his father passed. And Manuel uh, Margot, I don't believe English you know, is his first language, but there who was somebody to help him and give him some comfort was Mr. Willie Adamas. And Willie, I see as the best, the biggest cheerleader we have on our team. He is the guy who gets people pumped up. So I was glad to see him playing in some ways, maybe a bit more of a subdued role in supporting Manuel. So I'm really glad that Manuel's doing well. And I, I hope that uh, the support he gets from Adamas and other team members and family is, does also helps him. Yeah. Well, Margot first started out in this beginning of this year. I honestly thought, why is this guy here? Because he was dropping fly balls. He couldn't hit anything. And then ultimately we learn out, you know, he probably had other things going on in his life that was affecting him mentally. I felt kind of bad for thinking that way. But he's really come on strong, come on as one of my favorite players on this team. And during the playoffs, he's been big. He had the two-run homer the other day and then another RBI in game two. He's been one of the bigger players for them. He is. I mean, both when we were talking about Hunter Renfro a moment ago, both him and Manuel Margot, I was like, what in the heck is the front office thinking of? These guys, you know, what are they ever going to deliver? And like you said, Manuel Margot had a lot going on in his life that none of us knew about. But it was it's great to see that both of them have kind of come up so strong. And then on top of that, Randy, 
a Rosarina. Oh my gosh, man. Oh man, I love watching that man run or steal bases. He is an exciting player. He reminds me of, of uh, Johnny Davis getting out there and stealing those bases, keeping them crazy. Yeah, he's he's a really fast guy too. It's like he just goes out there, he just gives it his all every at bat, every time he's there. We're fortunate to have him as well. And if we take a quick look too, we're talking about pitching. Maybe it'll be Charlie Morton, bring Blake Snell back in, Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough maybe. Who would you think would be a fifth man in that rotation? Anybody in particular? Honestly, the way he's pitched most of this year, I probably would have gone with Fleming. Because he's been a guy you can put in there. He's been pretty consistent. Yarborough's had his moments, but he's been a little bit too inconsistent. I'd honestly lean a little bit more towards Fleming being the, the fifth man. Yeah, so if you bring Fleming in, we'll see. Maybe we'd even have Fairbanks in there, Pete Fairbanks. I don't know. Pete Fairbanks has done real well. I, whether or not he'd be a good starter with all this, I'm not sure, but I'm real excited about him and Josh Fleming. Josh Fleming has been a great find. Yeah, he's another one of those guys where you look at the roster and it's like, who's this guy? And here he is. He's contributing. Well, I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen in those uh, next five games in the American League. I mean, the like I said, the Yankees, they're hungry. They need to be. You know, I was looking at uh, a few stats earlier from USA Today and see what the Yankees went 11 seasons without appearing in World Series from 1965 to 75. And after losing the 81 World Series to the Dodgers, they went another 13 seasons without a series appearance. I'm talking about series. I'm not talking about divisionary of that nature. So, and I think in the last, they said they haven't won anything in the last decade from 2010 to 2019. Wow. That's a shame. Yeah, get out to cry and tell us, baby. Let's start another decade of no championships. <laughs> well, they like I said, they've, they've been bringing back several players. You know, they looked pretty good the other day. It was a Gio Urshela the other day, but I had a grand slam, and they, that they everybody was beating their chest about that. So we'll see what happens with that. We're recording this on Tuesday, October 2nd, so there's a lot of things we don't know as far as the final wild cards. And you and I were both talking earlier about, let's see, the Dodgers. They've already got, well, we're, if we take a look at the San Diego Padres, will they go ahead and bring that today, or will that be the Cardinals? What's going to happen with the Marlins? I don't know. A lot of what we're seeing out there, former Rays players, or as I call them, the X-Rays, and <laughs> what, what are they doing out in the postseason? I and mean, we take a look at the Marlins, who are still in the game. We've got Corey Dickerson, who's there. Another player, you know, just if he's kind of a, get a favorite, I hate to see go because he was really hitting some homers and such, and he's doing well for them. Jesus Aguilar, Matt Joyce, Ryan Stanek. You know, Ryan, man, I loved watching him as the opener. He was he was such a feature, so I was really sad to see him go. And then a guy I hadn't thought about, but Brad Boxberger. He was all the way from the Joe Madden era. So those are some Marlins that were farmer raised that are, I think, really helping help bring that entire team together. So that's that's good for them. And another Ray I hated to see we, we lost, but Travis Darno got to the point where he could ask for some serious money. The Rays weren't willing to pay it, and so he moved to the Braves. But then we come back to the Padres. And Brandon, like I said, this is where we were having those trades earlier, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen with some of this. Tommy Pham's going away. Emilio Pagan you know, went to the Padres as well. Jake Cronenworth, I wasn't thinking so much about. 
he did okay the other day in the Padres game, but he had some difficulties out in the field too. I think some of the other players are scratching their head. But, but even though we, we didn't have uh, Mr. Tatis as a former Ray player who had two home runs the other day, we had another Ray player who was on there who had two home runs for the Padres of the day. And that is Mr. Will Myers. He was with the Rays back in 2013 and 2014. So I was glad to see that these former Rays are able to help the Padres. Now, if we have to face them, obviously I'll feel differently, but I'm very happy that they're doing well in their own division. Yeah, all these former Rays, it's it's always great to see them have success. With the Marlins, it was uh, Dickerson and Aguilar were their only source of offense in game one. And then you have Will Myers hitting two homers, and Tommy Pham, he didn't have any RBIs, but he was four for five in game game two last night, and which was a heck of a game to watch. Very fun. Then it's... Uh, and early it looked like the Cardinals were just going to run away and hide with it, but then the Padres came on back, and it was everybody going back and forth. It was awesome. Well, one of the announcers kept going, oh, yeah, the Padres, they're a great comeback team. He said that the night before, and he said several times the night before. And he started saying on the, you know, the second game, I said, would you just stop it? Yes, I'd love to see him win, but I'm beginning to wonder if it's ever going to happen. And, you know, it's, I was looking for some, I went, well, Tommy Pham, well, let's look at this. He was four for four, and he was four for five at the end of the game, but he never scored. I, I don't know that that just meant everybody struck out after him or what, but he was obviously left on base quite a few times if he had four out of five times that he had a hit. Uh, looking at, I have the box score in front of me. He had everybody behind him had hits except one couple pinch hitters. So I don't remember if exactly if he just didn't get lucky and got thrown out on the base pass or was left stranded there, but everybody else behind him had hits. Yeah, well, again, I wish all those guys well as long as they're not playing us. (laughs) But it it was a great game, and I'm excited. Uh, Like I said, today, looking at the remaining games we have coming up today, I see I know the Marlins are playing the Cubs at 2, and the Cardinals will be playing the Padres at 7 o'clock. So these games will decide the wild card series in their divisions, and then we can all get together on this division series. And hopefully game three is as good as game two, because, I mean, go or go home with a game like that, that's going to be probably one of the better games of the year. I think so, too. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, like I said. So we'll see. Well, Brandon, man, I, it's just dumbfounding me. I mean, look, like I said, I love seeing what these guys do in the Padres. And the good news about that is thinking this is where we're going to be on Monday when we face off against the Yankees. And we have these guys on our team who have been former Padres who know that field, who know, you know, where's the best place to catch, know how bounces ball bounces in different parts. I'm excited about this. Yeah, and it helps to have people that have experience, like you said, you know, where the ball bounces and even little things like shadows and sight lines, having former Padres on there. I don't know how, if the Yankees played there last year. I don't remember off the top of my head, but having just a little bit of experience can go pretty long way. Yeah, I think it definitely will. You know, you bring up the shadows. Obviously, it's something you never had to worry about at the trop. You just have to be able to see something when it goes up to the sky and see just that white roof. That is a challenge for, I think, a lot of teams. Oh, and one last thing I'll bring up, too. I heard some people commenting about looking at the cutout fans in the stadium and that as the sun came down, it was hitting some of those. And they're not a laminate, but they got some kind of shininess on it. So it was projecting this this light back into the eyes 
of several people on the field. That's honestly something I never thought of when they put the cardboard cutouts. I thought of maybe you could lose the ball in it and it could hit you or you just miss it. I never thought of a reflection. Well, the one thing we know is we know as fans, we hope we reflect the excitement from the team, even though we're not there. And we want to wish a big, big, big raise up to all of the fans and all the players that raise. This is going to be an exciting time. It has been thus far. And Brandon, one thing I want to say is raise up. Okay, everybody, we'll see you next week. I'm Mark Carbage, your host on Baseball Biz with none other again than Mr. Brand No Way. You can find Brandon at the Sports Blitz One and myself, Mark Carbett, at the Baseball Biz. Hope to hear from you soon, and we'll be talking to you after next Monday. Somebody's got to be accountable, and the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole damn stable full of guys that go 98 miles an hour, period. Special thanks to Scott Holmes, who created the music, Stomps and Claps.